So who prepared content? <laughs> I did. I spent all night. Sorry, man. I didn't. Updating. Now, Jason, one thing I want to make sure, I, if you're going to bring up a topic during the show, I want to make sure that you actually read past the headline. <laughs> and you're not <laughs> just going to string together a series of headlines in your conversation. Can I have some bad news for you? Yeah. That's just not in this picture. Oh. Welcome back. We are old guys playing games for another episode. I know, I know. We thought we were all gone. Do we really think people were worried? No, no. We're, keep in mind, we only have one listener. So well, that's good. At this point, it's not even a family member. Um, so they've all they've all given up on us as well. So there's a game that I was excited about coming out. Um, it was a four player co op game, um, and I, you know me, I'm I. That's really all I want to do. It had a twist. It was a it was a vampire hunting type game, and uh, it had a real a lot of hype. A lot of people were excited about it, um, and they finally released it. It was free on Game Pass, and <laughs> fell flat on its face. Well, the the hype was that this was going to be <clears throat> one of Microsoft's acquisitions, big new games under the Microsoft brand. Um. And it fell flat. I played it. And before I go into that story, I, I do recall you saying something about the gameplay as opposed to what we've been used to with the first person shooters in the Call of Duty series. And that is when you swivel around, I think this is what you were saying. And I noticed it to the point where I just had to play really slowly because it was messing with my head. But when you swivel around, the, um, the, the space around you moves really fast. Um, Versus, you know, when you pivot, like in Call of Duty, the scene is nice and crisp the entire way. So it doesn't mess with your head. But I, I played for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes the other day, and I just couldn't take any more of it. The concept seemed cool. I was playing by myself, and this goes into the story. And that is that Arcane, which was the the uh, studio that, that started building this thing, it had been working on it before the acquisition, and it was meant to launch on Halloween back in 2020. And um, then Microsoft swooped in in uh, September and wanted to bring to market its own Microsoft first-person shooter quad game um, with the zombie thing. And the developers really weren't excited about the whole four-player thing. In fact, they were all wanting it to be a single-player game. And Ken, if you played it, I don't know if the other guys played it, but the concept is kind of cool. Like when you're playing by yourself to find all the stuff so you can get to the next thing to unlock this. And I, I do love those sorts of things. And there goes Josh. Um, the, um, the multiplayer game thing, apparently all the, the developers did not want to do that at all. In fact, a bunch of them uh, left when Microsoft continued to push it to be a multiplayer. And uh, they were sort of secretly hoping that it would fail. When you say when you say multiplayer, are you referring to co-op or are you talking about actual like competitive multiplayer? The player, um, player VP, PVP or uh, co-op, the, the okay. whole concept of it being first, just a first person game. So Arcane wanted it to be a single player game. The developers not of the game were hoping that it would be really focused on the single player aspects of it. Then. When Microsoft came in, this is this rumor, and I don't know if Microsoft has actually come through and validated the story, but this is what all the stories are saying is that Arcane's developers were all in on this thing being single player and Microsoft was pushing for a big multiplayer juggernaut. And uh, unfortunately, it just, it hit flat. And then I, I think it got, because there were so many expectations about this game, um, as soon as it came out, people started to play it. It, it was just decimated. People hated it. Which is too bad because I, you know, this group loves zombies. We're missing zombies. There haven't been zombies in the Call of Duties for a year. So it's too bad. It stinks though. Josh, you dropped. I don't know if you got a chance to play um, it. I think you said you did. Yeah, I, I did. It, it was pretty bad. I think I got into, I think I spent 10 minutes and it was just horrendous. I couldn't, I couldn't get past that. As we've talked about, we have such limited time to spend it on that. Nah. 
Yeah, I had high hopes for it. It 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 um it is a departure from what we're used to uh, as far as the gameplay. You know, each character of the four have different abilities, and um, uh, it's a bit of a supernatural thing as well, which uh, some of us don't like to play that way. But um, it this makes me this makes me bummed out that the developers didn't take the challenge and run with it instead they made an inferior product whether they sandbagged it or or what but i think if they had stepped up the challenge they could have had a really good game and i don't understand what the animosity towards a four-player co-op um game as far as the developers are concerned i'd like to talk to some developers and understand why i understand it's hard okay i get that i get this hard but it's not impossible and it's been they've been doing this for years you know i mean think of the rainbow six games those were always four player co-op you know the the ghost recons those were even more so i don't understand why this is such a a, a, a taboo uh genre these days um well, I think maybe the success of the larger multiplayers like Fortnite, Call of Duty has really people just flock to those things and they just don't do the four player co-op type stuff anymore. But I think okay, you're probably right. And I I assume that the you know, the interest um has changed, you know, the demographics have changed as far as game players are concerned and what they want to do. Yeah. Um, it could be just an ROI, right? Yeah. Like there's more and more return on building a big old Warzone, Fortnite, whatever, Halo. Yeah. Then, you know, a four player story fantasy game. Her. So frustrating. Now, some of the other things I think that, that were, bad about this game was uh the opening of the game um was pretty confusing it was very long it was uh kind of boring um but you know the like we talked about the graphics when you when you pan you know and you you turn left and right that it was just way too fast and I, i assumed that there was a way within the settings to modify that but um I did not take the time to do that. I, I was disappointed in what I got uh, from that, which is a real bummer. Um, I thought that could have been a great game. But alas, here we are. Sucks. I mean, I think that's, I think, I mean, I wonder. Cause, yeah, Give us you know, the I business said, angle, Stu. Give us the business well, angle. I thought Josh already did a great job using the term ROI, which our one listener probably fell asleep on. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> wait is it is it you're surprised that i knew that term or let's just go with that... you already let's just go with you already gave the angle no 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 of course i'm not but, sheesh man but, but i, do I think, get no respect no respect i do think uh I, I do think it's interesting i think in the pc realm i think a lot of those games are squad based and i think there's probably more maybe because the pc gamer is more patient is less add driven like i think not not the not to offend any ADD people out there, but I think I think your point around like things like um, Fortnite and Call of Duty, and others, you can jump in, jump out, you can bounce around. You, you know, I think I, I just I just don't think there's as big a market, unfortunately, because I think we like to play those kind of games, and I just don't think there's as big a market for people that that want to play you know role based games. And that's why I was finding interesting about those games like Hell at Loose and others, where like you've got a spotter and a sniper, and the spotter's only spotting, right? And I mean, like for something you know you. you you're not going to get kids to do that, probably not at the scale they need to make money back on those games. Where I think they can do it in the PC realm because it's maybe more expensive. I don't know. You bring up a good point, though. I mean, even Warzone has quads, right? So even though it's quads versus other quads and it's player versus player, but Hell Let Loose does is it four player versus AI or is it four player versus four players versus? Well, four? it's not. It's not four versus four. It's team um, versus. It's team versus team, but it is role based, right? So there is much yeah. more of a like you have a and you need all those roles in order to win. You need the commander, you need the supply right. one, you need the, so you know if you like you could be the artillery guy who just loads the artillery, right, right, and that's a role and that's an important role. But some people aren't going to play a game just to load artillery, right? 
Yeah. And we've had games like that before where we had to have a medic. We had to have a, a, an assault. We had to have, you know, a sniper, you know, stuff like that. Um, I, God, I want, I want them back. I want them back. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think hopefully we'll get some more of those kind of games. I'm just hoping some of the PC ones will port over at some point. Right. Um, but anyway, I would agree with you. I think it's, uh, but I do think it comes down to attention span. Yeah. No, and I think it's okay. easier to code. I think it's easier to code for non-squad based games, right? Sure. You don't have to worry about uh, keeping that, that connectivity between the, t- the four people, you know, and, and, and all that. So, yeah, I get it. But you would think that the, if you have four player versus AI, like four player campaign, you would think you would, that would take some of the, 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 um, the pressure off. Cause you, now you've got AI, you know, yeah. you just let them, give them a task and that's what they do. You know, you don't have to worry about uh, having to, well, to load balance for all the other players across the world. I actually like that idea. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Actually, just let's pull that thread for a minute because when we think about AI in the past, whether we were playing rainbow six or whatever, AI was pretty stupid, right? It would do, it would, you know, it would breach and it would then have, sort of just hang out. It was also us. a pattern. Right, very much a pattern. And they would just hang out. Right. Yeah. But if AI could be trained on how, we all play what would be interesting is let's assume that for some reason jason can't play today like he's going to the farmer's market um and and we wanted to play but we want jason but could jason let his ai play with us and would it be you know what i mean like and it plays like jason which means it jumps out of the car early and it's you know it's it's rescuing us because he's a really good medic and all the other stuff i want it would be really cool if like the patterns because it clearly has a lot of data on us and and then you know, what I don't want is four stewards playing together because that would work, right? The reason we play so well together is because each one of us plays a role. It would be really cool to see if we could bring a, a bigger squad. Like, what if we could double up our squad of four more of us, right? And two of us go with two of the AI and two go with the other AI, and then we meet up. That'd be sort of cool. I Developers, think, are you I listening? Think, I think an extra four of us would be too much for the world to handle. Don't you, Stu? Yeah, I think, yes. I think we're, yes. I think it's probably too much. Well, at least two of you because... You're so special. I mean, All who right. else would win? <laughs> but that that's a good point. I mean, the, Forza has a similar thing where they will actually show your friends racing alongside you, even though they're not playing. It's like their avatar uh, driving. And I, and from what I've been told, my avatar drives like I do, pretty aggressive and tries to knock you off the road. So... Mm. Mm. That may be doing some of that. I don't know, but that maybe that's the first step into what you're talking about. And I, I do, I really like that idea. I think that's um, coming, right? I think that's going to be coming. I and what if, we, what, if, what if we could play with the Tim Tatmans of the world that we could play against CDL players and learn, like instead of having the bot ranges, which you could do, maybe the bot rangers are real, you know, real people. That'd be sort of, I mean, they're based on real people. That's, uh, that's be pretty cool. So that brings me to the next topic. Thank you for that segue. Um, uh, so recently, Tim the Tapman and Nick Merckx uh, were able to get their likeness oh, yeah. uh, with, with Activision's support, uh, getting their likeness into Call of Duty. So there's a character that you can buy that has their likeness. And, I'm buying it. And, and all that stuff. Okay. <laughs> I so haven't, but I'm going to. I'm a little... Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Uh, first of all, I'm not a uh, a fan of, of I'm not a, a strict fan of YouTubers. I don't I don't care. I, I don't find them to be, you know, a driver for me to uh, get into a certain game or or follow them enough that I feel that they are a uh, um, uh, athlete or or anything like that. Um, They're clearly not athletes. Well. <laughs> You know, so I can understand no, movie stars and I can understand athletes and I can understand people like that and they're having their likeness out there and people wanting to purchase that, that I get that um, and playing as them. But for me, I've always and this is might be telling and I want to ask the rest of you, I'd like to if I had the ability, I, I usually will create my character to look as close to me as possible so that I could see myself in the game. Now, some people go the other way. They try to make their character look completely outrageous. Um, but that's just my personality set is that I want I want to see myself in the game. So I build my character to look just like me, which, you know, back in the day, if I did that in Dungeons and Dragons, I'd never make it past the first round. I'd be my character would be killed off pretty quick. But um, 
how do you what do you guys what do you guys typically do when you get the ability to customize a character uh to change their the way they look and all that stuff what do you gravitate towards do you gravitate to something that is completely outside of what you look like uh something closer to what you look like or just uh random let's start with jason let's start with jason since his, he's giving some sorry josh but he's having internet issues so let's call on him jason what do you think uh i don't know if you guys can hear me give me a thumbs up yeah okay i uh i i gravitate towards and this is i extend this to all the um mixed reality platforms too i try to get it and i think Stu, you're the same to get some likeness of me i'm confident there are people that go on the opposite end of the extreme they try to make it look nothing like themselves um and it's not it's not for anything other than i think it's cool when especially when you're playing with your friends where it's super clear that that's ken that's Stu, that's josh but I realize that there are people that love to be dragons and, you know, gargoyles and whatever. Um, it's just that I think it's cooler when you spend some time making your avatar look like you. So in the games that you can do that, and I think we were talking about this the other day, there, there were some that you could actually snap a photo of yourself and it would give you some starting point that looks a lot more like you. So that's what I tend to do. What about Josh? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, I think it, part of it is just how much time do I have, right? But if I do have time, I for sure, especially in a sports game, like that's the dream, right? To be, you know, on the field as yourself. I, I remember, I forget which game it was that had where you could take a picture of your face. And it was one of the EA sports games. Of course, I, I want to make it look like myself, the Adonis that I am. But I was thinking that... Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I was thinking my son... When he makes avatars, that it's always, what is the most outrageous feature in that set? I'm going to use that. So he's got like a purple face with a nose ring, a, a bright pink mohawk, you know, like, so maybe it's a, maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. Maybe. I, but I agree. I always would try to make it look like myself for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm a, I'm a little bit of both. I mean, I, you guys know, I like consistency in my avatars. I don't change a ton. Um, but like, I'm going to get the Tim Tatman cause I enjoy watching his content because I think I, I mean, his gameplay, not as much as when he like goes into a war zone, lets himself die real quick. And he just starts following the people that kill him. Cause it's some of the funniest. I mean, it's frankly, that's like comedy to me. It's hilarious as he's commenting and he's making, you know, there was one I watched yesterday where the guy at the end ended up being a knife and, and shield guy. And he's like, it was just hilarious, right? So I, I enjoy that kind of stuff, and it's sort of fun. I like the, you know, but it, what what gets me sometimes, and you guys know this because I'll buy the guy the kilt, or I had like the Judge Dread. If it's something a little bit that sort of sparks the nostalgia for me, I, I don't really care about the soccer players or the other ones, right? So I think I like that they're adding other stuff. I mean, clearly these guys have big followings within this ecosystem. So that's sort of cool. They'll see if it works or not, but I do like the idea that. I wish we had more optionality, frankly, in our um, avatars, especially in Call of Duty. I wish we could build our own. I wish um, there was more customization. As yeah, well. exactly. It'd be cool. When I mean, like you know, we can do it in other things. So I don't know why we can't. But uh, well, cause they could, they could barely bring out new content for this game. So trying to make it so that you customize your characters has got to be a non-starter. But it's also like, a money grab too, right? That's a micro, like yeah. That, why yeah, true. they want you to buy the avatars they don't want you to have to do something for free with your face remember right? back in the day when you would buy a game and that was what you got the game you know and you didn't have to worry about oh well if i want to do this i have to mm -hmm. shell out another 20 bucks to to get that yeah i guess but as far as sorry go, go ahead sorry. Oh, i was oh, going to one real quick thing i was just let them buy thing you know, there's the free version and there's the paid version. It would be nice that if in the paid version, one of the premium features was you could customize your avatar. It may get more people to pay for the paid version. But Ken, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, it just, I mean, the technology exists, right? I mean, back in 2006, Rainbow Six Vegas 2 had the ability to use the Kinect camera on the Xbox One to scan your face and create a 3D mapping of your face on your character. And, you know, it was, it was pretty... Uh, primitive at the time but it was kind of cool to see my face on my character playing the game you know so i mean the technology exists i don't understand why we can't 
continue down that trend or bring that trend back. But, but anyway, speaking of throwbacks, um, Stuart, you were talking about something earlier. Uh, what were you talking? What was the throwback game so, you wanted to talk about? I was, we were, I was reminded of a game this week that I, I can't believe I'd forgotten. And I pinged Jason. Jason's like, oh, my God, test drive. Oh, you, that's what I was trying to think of. When test I drive, because I, yeah. I had it on my Amiga back in the day. And then I saw a clip of it. It was Instagram, right, Jason, I think it was. And I was like, oh, my. I mean, because it was the 9-11, and you go through, they had the cars at the top, and they have the stats, and you pick your cars. And I completely forgot about that game. And what a great game that was as a driving game. So I don't know if you guys have any It was. It was one of the first that actually had um, licensed cars, wasn't it? That had, you could you could actually drive, um, like, Porsche. You could drive other manufactured cars. Um, I do remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that go look at it. So I'm looking here on the on the Wikipedia for it. So originally published by Accolade. Oh, Accolade. Accolade. <laughs> um, and so 87, it, was, it says... Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, while Electronic Arts released the game in the United Kingdom, the quality of the Amiga it was Atari Amiga. Amiga's version detailed visuals and audio realistically depicted the game's racing theme. So it was sort of the high end one. I don't know if it has a list of cars. That'd be really cool. Let's see. Oh my wow! They it ran all the way up to twenty. Oh, they've got a new one. Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown coming out in twenty twenty three. I like their off-road series too. They had some pretty good off-road that, stuff. That was a good one as well. Yeah, it was a it was a cool. It was the you're right. It was the first licensed cars, right? Which was not just your standard generic race car, like in uh, um, what was the one on Atari? Um, oh God, what was the, what was the driving game on Atari? You guys remember what the little squares pole like position. A, pole, pole position? Pole position. There you go. Pole <laughs> position. <laughs> Yeah, J- Jason and I were talking about another one, RC Pro Am. Yep, that was a great one too. RC Pro Am. So what? What was that? A console? Or it was on eight bit Nintendo, and you were. It was the if you remember the old remote control RC cars. It was you. Yeah, it was just uh, run around the track, run over stuff. If you. You know, there were ramps and you could pick so, up boosts or whatever. Yeah. Anybody want to guess the first? There were five supercars in the original test drive. Who wants to guess? So I'll start with Ken. Can you guess 87? It's 1987. So guess. Mustang. Every, no. Josh? Say it, say it one more time. So there's five cars in the original test drive. So this was 1987. So you got to think of 87 cars and the top cars. Which five Porsche, cars? Lamborghini. Well, yeah, you got to give me more than just Countach. Yeah, Countach is correct. Jason's got to guess. Nine, Jason, nine eleven. Testarossa nine thirty turbo, Lotus <laughs> Esprit, Jason. and a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It is the Lamborghini Countach. It is the Lotus Esprit turbo. It is the Porsche nine eleven turbo nine thirty. And it's the Corvette C4 and the Ferrari Testarossa, which are the iconic sort of cars of that era. And the Testarossa was also featured in what video game in the arcades? Testarossa? Outrun, wasn't it? That's cor- that is correct. That is yeah. correct. Where's that? As well as what TV series? Oh. That's Miami Vice. And why remember. did they have the Testarossa? I don't know. So originally they had a Ferrari Daytona. But the interesting thing about the Ferrari, which was an older car, but the interesting thing about the Ferrari Daytona, it was a fake Daytona. It had been <laughs> made to look like a Daytona, and Ferrari was not happy with that because Ferrari is very protective of the brand. So in an episode, they blew up the Ferrari Daytona, and then Ferrari <laughs> and then Ferrari uh, pro- provided the uh, Testarossa after that. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. I've always preferred the Magnum PI Ferrari. 308 is a beautiful car. By the way, Magnum PI fact. <laughs> First character on television history to kill an unarmed person. Murder an unarmed person. Was really? it Magnum that did that? Or it was, was Magnum. Someone? It was Magnum and it was an amazing episode. It was it was flashback from something that had been done in Vietnam. You know, he was a Navy SEAL in Vietnam. This guy had been a torturer, whatever he did, and mm. Magnum shot him, basically just executed him. And it was the first time and it was a big controversy, but it's an amazing one of those things that took the sort of the fun and whatever of Magnum to a little different level. Right, right. There you go. See, you learn wow. stuff on the show, kid. Say, like kid, there's only one of them. 
<laughs> it's only one of them. That's funny. Um, so speaking of the RC program, uh, a game, we, obviously we talked about the Hot Wheels uh, game that we, we all played, but there's another one that's been out for a long time called Trackmania. Um, my son started playing it and, um, and I played a little bit with him and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. The, the tracks are outrageous. Um, very similar to the vein of, uh, of Hot Wheels, but they're not, it's not trying to emulate a, you know, little toy cars or anything, but um, I want us all to get together and see if we can play that. Cause I think it'll be a blast. We, we have fun when we play the, uh, play the hot wheels. So um, I think that would be pretty good to give it a shot. And there's a couple versions of it out there. Um, I'm going to play the other one to see the, the newer one to see what it looks like as well. I downloaded the one, the free one on Xbox. I'm happy to play yep. Ooh. All right. Now I guess we can get into the call of the duties. So we had a, a bit of a success. There were three of the team members had some success today. Had a BR win, huh? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. We did, And we should have had one, the four of us, mm. last week, but I blew it. We must move you forward. You did not blow it. You did, you did not I blow did. it. <laughs> you made it to the last... Bullet, you're always, literally. You're always lifting me up. I appreciate it. Anyway, yes. But I, I, I um, got a little excited prior to. Uh, <laughs> so I saw that Stu was down. It was he and one other guy. Stu sees this guy come around this little. It was like a cliff. He was wedged into a cliff, and he didn't see Stu. And he spun around. He saw Stu, but Stu already had six bullets in him. I swear, it was five or six bullets. And so I immediately let out a huge cry that we won and then the guy spun around and shot him i felt like two bullets and you were down uh yeah it was unbelievable yeah and you felt bad but no you definitely uh it was fine you were victorious in my mind it was fine and today's was good too i think it's a matter of when we play smart <clears throat> and we can rotate well i think it, that's where we get like we're all we're all communicating well and we're all you know it just was, you know, you had to, we all had to recover. Or at least you had to let me in at least once. I think we all had to buy in or go to Gulag at least once in that match. Um, but we ended up, we were near, near the, uh, near the fort, right? Is where it's sort of close to the fort, right? Uh, near the port, I think. It was fun. It was fun. Excellent. I hope we continue that trend. We will. We will. Together, we shall be victorious. So recently they released a, um, a an extra location within Almazra for DMZ where mm. you can use a transport uh, that takes you to this new location, which is an underground missile or nuclear bunker or something like that. Unfortunately, as we've talked about before, DMZ is a three player. Uh, so when we discovered it the first time, I think it was just Stuart and myself and we got in there not really knowing what to expect, but we played the entire, we, well, we played as much as we could before we died, but it was all AI. And you had to solve puzzles to move forward and get to different things. It was really, really cool. I really, really enjoyed it. And then, uh, Stuart, you said you played with Jason and there were apparently some humans in there with you as well. <laughs> yes, we discovered that, unfortunately. Uh, yes, that there are multiple entrances to those, to those bunkers or bunkers or the room, I guess it's a room, um, or uh, another map. And, uh, apparently other ones can come in there. So yeah, we did find, so we were just screwing around inside of the uh, last maze part and, uh, yeah, and humans got us. And so that would, next time the three of us went in, so Jason and Josh and I, we went in with a little bit of a different mindset, uh, especially at the end there. And, um, we actually did kill a bunch of humans inside. I think the control room guys, wasn't that where we had a bunch of guys you went into? Where in remember, this one? Yeah, yeah. I remember when we were in the we were in that control room. There were bodies everywhere. There was a ton of stuff. Remember, we just we were kept looking for the jumper cables in the battery. Remember? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, that's right. That room had we just kept crushing guys. every weapon class in the in the game. I've, I've never seen as many weapons in one spot in my life. But uh, but it, what I like about this is it combined it, it combined the and Ken, I like your because I know you love this stuff. It combined 
Raid, which is you know a puzzle based whatever, along with BR, along with DMZ, in a in a not crazy way. It was actually really nice, and and you had to you had to go back, and we had you know we got to the thing. It's like how do we open the door? Oh, you need power. Okay, how do you get power? We need the batteries and the jumper cable. I liked it. It was it was a nice combo for a change. It wasn't just mindless shooting, but then when you add the mix of AI and real people in the mix, it it was fun. Do we think that there's like, because uh, we haven't finished that yet, are there codes like where you've got to put number codes in? Because what was that Call of Duty? Um, yes, the one with the submarine. What, that was amazing with the codes. That was, come with that was Vanguard, right? Was that Vanguard? Call it, yeah. No, it was the one, it was the, um, the one that had Nuketown. Oh, you're talking about the one where we did the bunkers. Cold War. Yeah, the bunkers. Cold War. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do I miss that. the codes. I miss the whole codes and... And bunkers. Thing. I think it's coming again. I think there are yeah. bunkers and there are hidden doors in in Almazra and others because I've seen I've seen some. It hints looks about like it. it. Yeah. yeah. Ken saw one last night. I, I saw yeah I saw a bunker. It looked like the same large door from the Koshi complex from uh, DMZ. By the way, that's the name of it. Um, a giant giant door, but there was no button or no anything to be able to open it. So I wonder if. Somewhere down the line, they are going to unlock those and, and give you the ability to get inside. Um, it was very similar. It reminded me of when we were on playing Cold War. Uh, oh, my God. I can't remember. The, it was Vet. What was the name of the, the old island? Or Verdansk. When we were on Verdansk and there were so many bunkers, we kept seeing them. I'm like, why are these things here? There's so many of them. And then later on, they opened them up, and, and it was it was very, very cool. I, I do hope they do something like that as well. Now, we were able to, Jason Stewart and I were able to uh, exfil once. Uh, took an elevator and exfilled. Um, were you able to exfil in, in, in any other way besides that elevator thing? Yeah, we did, we, we did we did the exfil the same way okay. uh, through the elevator um, because we were at that point. We last time we played, we did not get killed by real humans. It's when we killed them all. We were just running out of time, and we decided let's just get out of here with the guns and stuff that we had. So we just yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, from what I understand, uh, there the different entrances, which I think are four or five of them. I think they have different puzzles to get you past the first section to move forward. Like we found the one that had the jumper cables and battery that you have to use to power the door to open the door. I think they have different puzzles for different entrances. So I'd like to try I, to jump can, to other ones. We as, can as well. try it. Well, I'll say this. We went through different entry points and I didn't see different. We ended up in the same spot. But there may have been different ways to get in from different rooms, but I didn't see a difference. But I would love to go find that out with you. Yeah, I think that I think I'd like to verify that. I was trying to see the different entrances and 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 read more about that. But uh, okay, cool. That's on our list of to dos today. So, all right. So this week we had a bit of a tête-à-tête. I would say um, between the Android uh, contingent of the group versus the Apple contingent, the of better, the group. yeah, the better. And there, <laughs> there, there were some hateful things said by me. Um, <laughs> really? That's so weird, Ken. I've never yeah, heard you really spit weird. venom. But Jason shared a link that I think I want him to address. I want you to talk about <laughs> this this article that you uh, read the headline of. No, I, I there were several articles this week about it because there's some study that came out. But there was um, the particular one I'm talking about. We'll share it in the in the show notes. Tech Radar uh, has this article that says Android fans are switching to iPhones in record number, and here's why. So I thought some of the reasons were good, but I would love your counterpoints to them. The first one is that iPhones offer longer software support, so Apple will support their OS versions a lot longer. Number two is iPhones offer better resale value, which I can vouch for resale. Well, I can only tell you what iPhone resale is, which is crazy how long they hold their value. The third one is, um, I think probably the biggest one in my mind, which is the iPhone iMessages. There's a lot more people that want to be on the iMessage thing with FaceTime. The fourth one is iPhones are more popular with 
young people. And the last one says, which I don't, I'm not sure about this one. Cause I think I've had an Android device before and I know the play store has a ton of apps, but it says iPhones boast a better app selection. So those are the, those are the five reasons that they quoted. Okay. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't know if it's so, okay. I'll, I'll address, I'll, I'll respond. Um, your bite, your rebuttal, sir. So <laughs> I would say you are correct. iPhone iPhones do offer longer software support now yep. be, and that's mainly because they build their own hardware. They know the hardware and they're willing to support that hardware longer. Whereas Android uses is an open source operating system that is provided for def, many, many different manufacturers. And those manufacturers don't really spend enough money into the development of their own integration of that operating system. So now that being said, Google does make their own hardware and that software is supported for a long time. Um, so they do have a similar model. If you purchase the Google pixel, um, series of their phones. Um, is that what you have? That's what I have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I used to have before I got the surface duo. And that makes sense. It makes sense that if you build your own hardware that, that, and you build your own software that you can support that because you are very aware of what the hardware is and you can support it longer or you can even build it to be supported longer, you know? So, um, so yeah, that, that, that is very valid. Um, and if, if that's something that is of concern, um, great, but I don't think there are many people that keep their phones long enough to really warrant that as a valid, uh, argument. You know, I think, I think, and maybe this is, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's no longer the case, but I don't think people keep their phones more than a three years, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, how long have you guys have your, have you have had your phones? It's usually a two year, two year cycle for me. I'm usually, yeah, three year, two year, depends on the phones, but, um, but I would agree with you. And I, and I think, um, I think iPhone people may keep their phones a little longer. Um, but I think, but I think that's also back to the idea of majority of, like you said, they make their hardware. I think Samsung people are probably more loyal, but they flip the Samsungs because Samsung offers some amazing deals on upgrading from one uh, galaxy to the next. Um, and so they're, they're an interesting one when it comes to innovation, because I think Samsung's probably leading the pack when it comes to innovation on the platform. I think yeah. Pixel is very clean, similar to uh, Apple. Um, I do think, but I agree. I think there's a couple of things, right? I think there is some, there is some encryption concerns and some data concerns between, between the manufacturers. I think Apple has indicated, whether true or not, has indicated, I can't validate one way or the other, but the encryption and other things are, are pretty solid. Um, I'm sure all of them have backdoors and that's, put that aside. Um, I think the, yeah, I think, I do think the app stores, I mean, there's probably more in the Android app store, which means that Apple app store is probably cleaner. If that makes sense. Um, I think there's just a ton of stuff, um, because of all the different pieces, parts out there. So I think it's, you know, if you want to stay within an ecosystem, I think Apple makes a ton of sense. Um, and it's more, uh, bulletproof, let's say, than if you just get a non-standard pixel Android, because you're, you know, once you start getting different builds of Android, you get, you get, you get challenges when they come up with an upgrade. Like I use the surface too, which I love, but being a dual screen Android, right. It's got, you know, something comes out that could break some of the stuff. Now I haven't had a ton of problems with it, but you know, there were problems early days with, you know, the big full Samsung fold versus the mode rule of flip versus there's so many different types. That's the challenge I think Android has is that Apple has an ecosystem that's very narrowly defined. These are the two sides of the screen we make. That's it. Right. Whereas yeah. in Android, there's just a ton of stuff. Um, I think the I think the Android Auto is better than app, Apple CarPlay, in my opinion. Um, and we have both. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I think it's just a matter of I, I think it's a cleaner system, right? Because it can. So be. Josh, your kids, you and your kids have iPhones. Have always had iPhones. Yeah. Do what do your kids have? I have. I've, I've, I've kept all my wife and kids on inside the Apple ecosystem because you've of, kept them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I made the decision what they went on. Yes. Oh, uh, they didn't choose the iPhone. Nope. They would have chosen an Android. Well, by the time by the time they, I mean, if I just started them on Android, they would have been Android kids, right? Um, but they became. No, 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 no. I'm saying when the kids come home from school, the Browns are. What are the, the kids? The Browns want? are not followers actually they, and they let the, by the way their phones their phones go four or five years by the way they like they walk around with crack they, i'm seriously they walk around with crack phones they don't they don't upgrade a lot 
So, but I think all of their friends are on 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 Apple. So, being inside the little green bubble versus whatever you guys care about, which is apparently a status symbol, I'm on the sheep, and it's fun. Oh my God Almighty! So, Again, I, this has I been started, a great episode. Guys. Hold on, um, I started. I started. Um, yeah. I started my my wife and my son both on Android. Um, uh, when my son got to high school, um, I recognized the. I don't want to say pressure, but the, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but I, I recognize that he, he would be able to enjoy or chat with his friends uh, easier if he had an iPhone. So I relented and let, and we got him an iPhone. My wife doesn't care. She keeps her Android. She's happy with it. Um, she'll keep her, she probably keeps her the longest. My son then second, and I'm the, probably the one that f- changes more frequently. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I get it, and I understand the popularity of the iPhones, and I can't deny that they are they're very they're very pretty, they're very easy to use, uh, they're very intuitive. I think for me, I'm a tinkerer, and maybe that's the engineer in me, but I can't do some of the customizations. Uh, with the iPhone that I can do with my Android. Now I'm also the type of person that I will, I will practically break an operating system on my laptop, my computer, my phone, because I tinker too much, you know. But that's just me. Um, whereas you can't do stuff like that on the iPhone. They they lock it down pretty much. And I think that was one of the early days. That was one of the things that but, kept me from getting into mm-hmm. an iPhone. Yeah, and I you can't deny the. Uh the societal pull, especially for teenagers in, in the U S right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in, in, in India or other places, it's not the case. Right. Right. But here, here it is. Right. But everybody wants to be in the, if you're, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Is green, is green bubble us? Is that Ken and I, are we green bubble people? We're, we're greens. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and with that comes the, the better resale value. I can't disagree. And uh, I can't disagree with that. I, I totally agree that iPhones offer a better resale value. Um, oh yeah, big time. It just makes sense. I mean, it's incredibly popular, um, but I don't think I. Uh, this whole I, I'm addressing this article based on what they're saying. They're saying people are leaving Android to go to Apple, and I don't I don't foresee that as being a selling point um, uh, for that. And of course, you know, the, yes, the young people are they want the iPhone. They're they're better <clears throat> now. Whether whether the iPhones uh, boast a better app selection. The word "better" needs to be defined because there you could find the same apps on both. I will say there is a lot of uh, crap on the Play Store. Uh, Apple's better about keeping their ecosystem very clean, mm-hmm. whereas Android, since it is in, is open source, it does lend itself well to uh, people creating poop that doesn't isn't worth having. You know. Yep. Um, now, anyway. let's get to the iMessage. <laughs> Seriously. So, Can an Apple so, at least upgrade, please? <laughs> so, obviously, Apple decided to have their own system back in the day uh, that improved upon the SMS um, feature set. And then they decided to keep it very proprietary. Um, they would not share. They would not allow any others into that. They won't create an iMessage uh, app for Android users. They will not offer that service. They will not allow FaceTime on Android. And I, I totally understand that. I understand why. Those are selling points of their product. They want to make money. They want to drive that. I get that. What I don't get is that they won't They won't uh, join uh, the RCS technology, which will then enable uh, the Android ecosystem to chat with the Apple ecosystem and enjoy some of the benefits of these uh, uh, emojis and reactions and stuff. And we are st- starting to see some of that now, um, where before I used to get angry when I would see in my text with you guys Josh laughed at an image and that would just aggravate me to no end because that's the only way that Android could react to these emojis or re- uh, reactions 
uh, to text messages that the Apple folks were enjoying. Well, now we're starting to find a way to uh, blend that. And I could see reactions now and all that. And then Josh pokes the bear and types. Josh mm-hmm. laughs at an image. And that whole thing goes back and forth. So I think I think can we all just get along, Ken? That's all I want. <laughs> this this whole thing about uh, because iPhones I'm offer iMessage. Because I'm the only instigator in this group, right? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! no I no, think the we all Country know. Club guy. And I don't know about the rest of you, but he's down there. <laughs> he's he's over there. He's down there. <laughs> Look, I think there's a fair amount of instigation amongst. Uh, don't get me wrong. The I, four I, of us. I I I stir the pot as often as I can. I try to divert any attention from myself to somebody else to make myself feel I, better. I think we've, so. have, we beat, have we beaten the Apple Android thing? I guess. I just, that's the only thing that bothers me is the iPhone iMessage. You know, they, they can, they can, if they would open up to RCS, then that would no longer be a selling point. Well, so. or, or create an iMessage app which I don't know if that's what you'll put in there, but like maybe because then, I mean, the reality is, you know, this is the one thing I think Microsoft did really well compared to others is they sort of open up their ecosystems and then people do then start using the ecosystem and go, Oh, okay. Well, I was told this was bad, but it's actually not bad. And maybe that would be, that'd be the way to do it. I, I, uh, there's a, there's something to be disconnected from, from the same ecosystem my family's on, but I will, uh, I will go down swinging. It's possible that tomorrow, which will be another monumental event <laughs> in the history of tech at WWDC, they're getting cut and paste. It's possible that they they may do something. They may in this space. It would be my, it would be awesome if we are prognosticators of the technology that's coming our way tomorrow. I, I'm excited, Jason. The next on the next next uh, iteration of this podcast in in six weeks, we should talk about what ha- came out of WWDC. It's six weeks. You're so optimistic. Um, <laughs> I try. All right, Stu. I got a quick one. Yes, I want to hear it. Have you ever heard of WhatNot, the app? Yes. Oh. I spent a lot of time on it Shoes. last night. Shoes. So I figured you have. So I was with a, I was, I was, uh, some of you know, Ken definitely knows this. Between my two degrees, I own comic book stores with uh, three friends of mine, which were quite successful, called Legends and Lore in Orlando. And, um, we had a great run back in the in the early '90s, and one of my partners, Sean, who's big on whatnot and is still big in the comic industry, um, so I saw him in Miami this week when I was down there, and we caught up. And he was talking about whatnot and what he's doing. He's got a ton of comics. He's got a million plus comics, and and he does his shows where he talks about comics with people. It's like the old comic book stores we used to get together and you would chat. And he said one of the cool things is a lot of the people used to come into our stores who we all knew when they were 10, 12, 13. Of course, they're older now. And they're coming in saying, you know, reliving memories and they're still collecting and all the conversations. And so they have these little sort of community chats and they're selling stuff, obviously. But um, I wasn't aware of it. So I I was, it was Sean and a friend of his who also, she's on there and they were talking to me like I knew what whatnot was. I'm like, how do I not know what whatnot is? So I went out there and checked it out and it's like, oh, okay, this could be dangerous. Um, but it looks really cool. And I saw there were shoes on there, Josh. So I assume that's why you probably knew about it, right? But but I'm going to play around with it. Jason, you said you went out there. Did you, what did you think? No, it's super cool. Um, so there's everything from, uh, and I got to like really learn how the app. So this is a guy that sells like retro um, console games, and he's like so he's cool. fixing them and then selling them. But um, you, they'll get a bunch of viewers, and then they'll typically go through their whole stash. They'll show like my daughter's into vintage clothing, so they were showing all these like NASCAR shirts. They'd show one, and then the next, and then the next, and then the next. And then they have their entire uh, lot listed, what the starting bid will be. But then when they go into that, then all of a sudden they can set like a timer. They can do it extended, but they can set a timer. It'll be like 10 seconds. They'll list a starting bid and there's a little like bid button on the bottom right. And you'll see like this t-shirt that they inevitably bought for a buck at the local bin is going for like $110. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. They have a following, but Ellie um, was talking about, and she said that her um, her friends had looked into it. This is like a year ago. I don't know if it's changed, but you have to go through a whole training process. You can't just, you have to be certified to sell on there. You can't just go mm-hmm. sign up for an account. You have to go through their yep. little class and, and get uh, certified. It's a cool concept because, you know, people have these niche things and there's everything. There's like antique brooch stores. There's 
you know, vintage clothes, shoes, video games, um, car memorabilia. It doesn't matter. It's like everything. Uh, but it's addictive sitting there watching these shows and you're just like, uh, what is, how do you bid? Um, so I, it's, it's cool. I, I like Josh. Have you like bid it. on there? Yeah. I just, does. I actually had never downloaded it. I, I know people that have done stuff on it, but I just actually downloaded it. It's just amazing what we can do in 2023. It like is. Somebody is, has their own store on right. an app where they can sit and sell stuff. But it's I like crazy. the idea you can just watch it, right? I mean, you can just—it's like a channel. Yeah. you can learn. It's like a t- can, yeah, it's like I, Home it Shopping me Network, of the old comic um, book store. Yeah, I mean, it reminds yeah. me like you can come in and debate, and you can hear people talk, but then you can see people buy, and you can learn how to buy. What well, I like the idea of it. There's something I want to get into, but I'm not sure I knew all the nuance of it. Right, you can go and listen and learn on how to get into that. Right. Look at this guy with Matchbox oh, cars. Boy. He's just—I mean, I would have a real problem with this. <laughs> But is there any type of like authenticity, uh, like, do they have like a verification process and all that stuff? I mean, there's, there's no, I mean, on the, on the, on the things, no, I think that's where, when you, I mean, I think the people have ratings just like every other store does. And I think you can complain and whatever, but I also think like you look at the comic books, right? People sell graded comic books. Those are certified by the third party certification groups. And so you generally know what you're getting into. If you're buying a graded comic, you know that's been certified by a third party, right? I'm, sh- I don't know if there's a third party shoe grading service because there's there's so many fakes, right? Especially in the shoe industry, I I'm curious to see how they prevent. Because if you if you buy like on a Goat or a StockX, they have a verification center before you get it, right? And they'll de- they'll decline stuff if they, if it's fake. So I'm I'm curious to get into this to see what's there. It's good to look at. I don't. Do they have a? Oh, oh, oh. Do they have a, you know, like I want to get back into things like, and can you remember these, the invaders, right? Or the defenders. And I want to get back into some of the older weird, weird war tale comics. Um, and you can buy graded ones, right? You just, you buy ones that are certified by third party. I don't, do they do that for shoes, Josh? To, I mean, it's, it's all about, it's just verification that it's not a fake. That, I mean, I've, I'm sure there's like for the really crazy ones, they'll do the 10 rating thing, but I haven't seen like a. That's cheap. But, uh, so this uh, this shows you for the at least the comics comic have yes, going to the shoes. Yes, yeah, CGC. That's comic right. Grading. So this is the one that he's bit, he's doing right now. Um, and he'll go. Th- he's flipping through his the lot, but then you can go to you click on this and you can see the whole lot, and you can start bidding on each of the items. That's cool. So now he's basically running his own HSN. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's running his own that's channel. Insane. Right. That's right. That's so it, cool. It's like having a virtual comic store, a virtual comic show. Right. Or whatever you collect. I know there's cards. I like, I think I signed up for car, looking at the cards, looking at the comics, looking at some memorabilia. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get into it and see what it looks like. But it, um, they, he just told me, you know, one of the cool things is like, it's just the community's fun. Right. Um, it, it reminds I, me. Yeah. Having used to work for HSN for 12 years and QVC, like, I wonder what their position is on something like this. Right. Like, well, they're, that they're in trouble. They yeah. They, without a doubt. Like, why are they not? on this, this is and Josh, you know Josh's I mean? channel that's a great point this is the top sneaker guy oh yeah look at that cool. he's got like a little wheel of fortune he's got that stupid wheel of fortune <laughs> ad in the top corner that i hate when i go to a website i get on my yeah, phone i need, to, I need to go through this can you see, get that on I... your phone every once in a while <laughs> stupid websites where it pulls up this wheel of fortune thing i'm like nope delete that's an apple a, thing that's apple wouldn't get that a couple of the youtube people i follow oh, you can have, are on this you can have like multi-people we should we should do this we should create a we should go to garage sales and get old video games. Gary V. And have an old. Yeah, <laughs> Gary V. So is. Ken's, Ken's, is, Ken's not following. Is Slow. this just adding a video overlay on top of eBay? Is yes. that all this is? Yeah. Essentially, yes, but it also. But but it's if you take. I think if you take. With today's mobile age, yeah. like the social mobile age if, of today. Just think how much eBay more powerful that is, right? And YouTube right. and combine the two. Right, you're basically creating a virtual, real store that you walk into, and buy. Right, and it's two way. So that yes, Ken, it's exactly what it is. But the nice thing is, you're actually interacting with the eBay seller. What's he got there? Look at that. What's that right there? Video games. It's all video games. Oh my these goodness! Are, these are pre-recorded videos. No, they're live. They're live. No, no, no. This is live. They're live, Ken. So you can text, and you can say what they'll say often is uh, text. Uh, let, let us know what you're looking for. And so like if you ping, uh, ping in here and you say, I'm looking for like a original NES, 
he'll go over, he'll grab it, he'll show it to you. He goes, Hey, Willie Hawk, you want this? It's like, and then you start the bidding yeah, process. It's like walking to a comic book store and flipping through their bins, right? It's this or a toy store. It's the same thing, except you're actually virtually going in and they're interacting with you and as if you were in a store, as opposed to the eBay thing where you don't know who's on the other end of that thing. Yeah, no, I, okay, I get it now. Uh, I thought that they were pre-recorded videos, but the fact that they're live, that does, I can see the benefit of that now. Um, it's Home Shopping Network on crack. You know, yeah. like it's just, uh, that's but, crazy. but, but the cool thing is it's not like you're in the home shopping where my wife also worked, right? It was like, you're not waiting for, okay, in three hours, they're going to have the right. things it's I want to buy. Right, yeah, exactly. it's curated for, you can find. What's that right there? Oh, look fun. at that. So Ken's this, in. This, Ken, this, all we those, just created Ken, all Ken's those, all those, there's DVDs, there's a Blu-rays, there's HD DVDs. Yeah. Ken. I got a, I got a box of Nintendo Wii games. Disney Anna. That's all I'm right. saying. So I'm saying we're going to business, pins. baby. Forget playing Disney video games pins. for money, Ken. This is how you make money right here. I just found myself a summer job. Disney pins. Oh, I have thing. a bunch of those. I have a bunch of those damn things. I have the and I have the I have the uh, what do you call it? pins? Annual pass holder pins. So the the you brought up a good question: authenticity and provenance. What what is the so Josh specific to you? Uh, for shoes, with when you purchase shoes on an auctions like you do, I'd be I'd be very careful. I would want to I would really want to research this before because there are certain people like a couple of the YouTubers I follow. They are on this. I would be comfortable this, with them. Yeah, but if exactly. it was some random, if it was some random person, I'd be very concerned unless there's some sort 100%. of hundred percent. But so the good thing is you're going to have ratings, right? I mean, this is one that this one makes it like even with like watches. I was like a. Uh, Watches are fake too, but if but, they have a big usage and they're rated by the people that are buying from them, yeah, then you yeah, sort of this guy has twelve thousand followers. I, I like I like the I like the rating. You know, that's usually how I use eBay, right? Mm -hmm. What is the what is the deliberation method? You know, like we have PayPal and eBay. You know, they work together to try to satisfy that uh, purchases that have gone wrong. You know, what is this? I will have to research the right there. There's a buyer buyer guarantee. So you can you can get your money back if it's not exactly what it's described. Okay. Receive your items as described or your money back on eligible orders. Yeah. Okay. So I say we do our research. I think I just wanted to test it out there because I was pretty blown away by the idea. And it's I can't crazy. believe I, we didn't know about it. But we are truly the old guys. And Dude, we're still I, playing games. I have I already told you this. I, I have all of my games from xbox original xbox original wow. xbox 360 xbox one i still have all my games the only time i the only games i don't have are the ones that were available for a trade-in to get something better you know to get mm -hmm. a newer version or something like that those are the only games i don't have um i also have all of the original xbox you know xbox the 360 the one you know and the now the series x but um so maybe I start doing an OGPG, whatnot. Oh, look at that. <laughs> this is the original iPhone. I have that too. Yeah, I have that. Dude, mind. you need I've, to put that in a box. I, I don't have the box anymore, which sucks. Oh, no. my gosh. I have all the boxes. Oh, my God. Wait. I have in my garage, I have, you know, those big, huge black crates. I have three of them full of Apple boxes. I had a, I just, I just threw out the, I had a, a the, um, iPod mini the one yeah. that's a, a touch screen it was about the oh, size yeah. of a stamp or something I got a bunch of them and, uh, but I had a cracked screen that didn't work there you go right anyway. there there's a white one see right there <laughs> I got this one I got an iPhone right here I got a six I got a four I got a one what you want what you, what you <laughs> want hey look Josh. at that baseball card basketball cards hey wait is that oh yeah that's right i have all my baseball cards in the garage that's um that's we uh, should just create an ogpg whatnot that's what didn't we i just next. say that oh, josh sorry. yeah that's I'm a great sorry, idea Josh. Ken. i, I was looking in my drawer i was looking in my josh what everybody's on board now what a great hole. idea I think the whatnot. Thank you, Ken, for suggesting an OGPG Whatever. whatnot. Whatever. That was a great idea. I think we should work on this. <laughs> all right. Jason's showing off all of his wares, and the the listener can't enjoy it. I'm going to close this out. We are old guys playing games. We'll see you next time. I'm Ken. Let's do. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> 
Did you see the look on his face? I was calculating in my head. He looked like a deer in headlights, didn't he? I didn't write it down. I panicked. Yeah, you did. All right, see you guys. Bye. Bye.